Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is sponsored by CDI Managed Services, where we outsource IT solutions infrastructure and end-user support, as well as cloud computing and server hosting. I'm Dominic Rainey, and I'll be hosting today's show. We've got a almost a full house this morning. We've got three business leaders with us, and we're going to get a lot of insight into their companies and the services they provide with us from uh, the Cottage School. Uh, over on Grime Spirits Road in Roswell, we have their headmaster and director, uh, Steve Palmer. Also from Polton Consulting Group, we have Dr. Dion Poulter, Poulton, yes. excuse me, mm-hmm. Dr. Dion Poulton, she's here. And uh, also from uh, Glo- the global accounting and business services and consulting firm, HLB Gross, they say that right? Gross? HLB Gross Collins. Gross Collins, okay, HLB Gross Collins PC. We'll be talking with our director of consulting services, Jeff Plank. Welcome all. Thank you for coming to the studio, taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us and be a part of our program this morning. It's great to see you all here. Uh, okay, so uh, first of all, let's uh, let's kick things off and talk with uh, uh, the director of the Cottage School, uh, Steve Palmer. Steve, tell us about your school and what you guys are doing over there. Well, good morning, Don. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, exciting things happen uh, where I work. It's a, a, an opportunity where uh, the old phrase, if you love what you do, you never have to work a day in life. And that's how I view every day uh, being involved with the Cottage School. The Cottage School is a a uh, traditional school of of history. It sits on 23-plus acres. It's been there for over 30 years. Uh, we specialize in uh, students that learn differently, have special needs, learning differences. Okay. Excellent, excellent. So is that the uh, the only location in Roswell? Yes, it is the only location. Okay, all right. Well, tell us about your background, Steve. Uh, obviously, uh, something drove you into this uh, into this world. Uh, I, I wanted to be a professional football player, but that didn't, that didn't happen. Um, fell in love with making a difference in students' lives, uh, from coaching from when I was young. I uh, wanted to become a teacher and a coach. So mm-hmm. started off in, in Florida as an educator, uh, started uh, receiving accolades, uh, Teacher of the Year, Disney's Teacher of the Year, Teacherific. Um, knew I was doing something. I didn't know exactly how and how it was working, but I knew I was doing something right to make a positive impact upon students. So um, that became my passion and drive, making a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And here I am 25 years later uh, <laughs> as a director. I've gone through the ranks from private, public, and uh, various different schools. Yeah, yeah. Well, you obviously got a little business uh, sense about you as well yes. as the educational side. What what drove you into the, the role there? How did that develop to be the headmaster there at the school? It was meant to be. Coming from Michigan, uh, very, very cold, lots of snow. Yeah. And I'm originally yeah. from Daytona. So uh, family and friends and uh, colleagues are from South Georgia and the Georgia area. So looking for a great opportunity to make a difference, continue doing what I'm doing, my passion uh, for helping students as a superintendent in Michigan, but wanted to come home. So mm-hmm. opportunity came about to, to come back home, and uh, that that's what uh, drove me here. Yeah, Steve Palmer, the director of the Cottage School over in uh, Roswell here on Silver Lining in the Cloud. Okay, so there's a little more history, I'm sure, a little more story behind the school. Can you enlighten us as to uh, a little bit more about uh, what's going on over there, how yeah. it developed and all that? Well, the example would be the other day. We had a 
an evening play. Our high school did a, a wonderful presentation. And um, after the presentation, I'm standing up uh, and greeting parents as they're coming out. And this mother comes up to me and she got tears in her eyes and mm. kind of struck me odd because it was a comedy. And uh, she, <laughs> she comes up crying. That'll and, take you. Yeah. So we started talking and she goes, I want to tell you something. And I said, okay. She goes, my son up there. She goes, about four years ago, I go to a school and uh, I'm going during lunch and I go to find him and he's sitting in the corner by himself eating lunch. So and then I go back a week later and I go out to recess to see where he's at. And he's sitting on a bench by himself. She goes, tonight, he's a star. So wow. the school itself it means a lot to a lot of parents, and that's what it does. It's a, a way uh, to learn differently. It's focused upon the individual needs. Um, it's a work-based model, too. Mm-hmm. The kids um, from middle to high school, we're, we are uh, opening up this year. We're going to have a fourth, fifth grade elementary program, so that's exciting to yeah, give yeah. these opportunities to younger students. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they go to work. They dress as uh, they are going to work. It's a casual professional. They have a checkbook, uh, they're earning money per class, and then they have payoffs, there are different levels, and then they also have opportunities for advancement. So it's a, a unique, uh, no models like that around, that the kids are earning funds, and at the end of the, the week, they can uh, do a payoff and pay where they would like to go, for example, whether it be a trip to Stone Mountain or stay on campus for campus activities. Um, so an example is you don't get in trouble. However, as in work, you don't do the appropriate thing. You end up with a slip, a write-up mm-hmm. in the same way. There's no referrals. Okay. Uh, so it's a very unique program that focuses on upper-level academics. Yeah. We want our students to have the opportunity to either go to college uh, or look at a work-based model where they can get out into the workforce and uh, have an oh. opportunity there. Oh, I really like that model. That's, that sounds really, uh, really great. Um, Preparation is yes. the key to life anyway, right? Yes, it is. No matter what you do. So, so Steve, um, I'm just curious, is it a private school? Is it a private school or is it, uh, how is it funded? Yes, it's um, a private school um, that's a 501c3. Mm-hmm. It's a non-for-profit. The school is driven off of tuition. Uh, really looking for partnerships in the community uh, to help us. Also, we have a fundraiser this weekend coming up. It's called the Zaya Festival, and it's downtown Roswell, where the proceeds go towards our uh, student scholarships. So mm-hmm. it, it's a private school that uh, always looking for opportunities to have partnerships. And that's one reason why I'm here is to, to kind of reach out and look for those businesses that can help us with internships, mm-hmm. come out to our school, uh, become a community partner. Uh, there are companies out there that look for service projects. Um, we're working mm-hmm. with a few of them right now with LexisNexis, et cetera. Right. So uh, always, Very always a need. Very good. You got a lot going on. I yes, mean, we you're, do. You're, you're, I know your calendar's full. Well, uh, Steve, uh, you know, this, this is interesting, and uh, there are other schools, whether they're trade schools, not-for-profit uh, educational programs around town. What is the true difference? Is it the, because of the, the work model, the business model, sort of? Well, uh, the key— are there, lo- are there other areas? Well, we're looking at that, uh, you know, in the future here, STEM models coming back, which is the science, technology, engineering, math, and the, those are fields where you have uh, baby boomers who are going to be retiring soon, and, and there's a high need— for the, the workforce out there. So not only are we trying to prep the students to go to college, but we want to help have them in our career center, that we're, we have a career center, mm-hmm. that when they graduate, they have certifications in various areas, whether it be technology, whether it be auto mechanics or culinary arts. Uh, there's over 203 uh, private restaurants in Roswell. So we're working on partnerships with, with them. So 
what makes it different is when you graduate, you have options, mm-hmm. not just one option. You have options. Mm-hmm. Well, as Atlanta, Atlanta has grown, I, I presume your school has grown right along with it because, uh, you know, you, I remember back when it was a million population. Now I guess we're pushing five million. So, yeah. <laughs> What's unique that uh, me coming home is uh, been around big cities and everything's up here. We're out. We're so spread out. We're at now. I call that part of Atlanta. Twenty three acres. That's incredible. Yes, right in Roswell. Yeah. Uh, do students stay on the campus? Or no, is it's it it's it's strictly a day school. Oh, okay, okay, just like just like a regular school. A regular school. Oh, okay, great, great. Steve Palmer over at the the Cottage School in Roswell. We uh, now the students. Uh, what kind of students do you serve? How do how do they choose to come to your program? What's their background? Well. Uh, I look at it this way, students that have um, learning differences, uh, they have needs, not uh, maybe physically or mentally, mm-hmm. but uh, anxiety is a, is a big issue. Um, with the world today, some students that don't go to school, they homeschool because of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we try to help alleviate that anxiety in our environment. Another piece would be somebody who has ADD, ADD, ADHD. Uh, we, we focus on executive functioning. An example, you see a kid with a backpack and papers are already hanging out. Uh, we, we work on skills and strategies to help prepare you, whether you have a planner and you know what your routine is doing every day. You start off in a homeroom, you end up in a homeroom, but it's more like you, you start off with your boss and your boss goes over what your work's going to be the day. And then at the end of the day, you wrap up. So a student who has issues that they learn differently and they need more of an individual plan uh, with anxiety. Uh, also, those students that have uh, ADD, ADHD. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. And we're talking with Steve Palmer, the headmaster and director over at the Cottage School in Roswell. Steve, what what, what are some of the programs? Uh, uh, are you adding programs to, to, to the education over there, to, yes, to the um, curriculum? Well, as as we look at, uh, we have a beautiful f- facility, beautiful gym, and um, our our students are very competitive in sports. So we have a, a great sports program. Matter of fact, our uh, basketball team won its conference. Uh, in the past eight years, it's won five championships, and in thirty one years, uh, this is the first year our junior high team has won its number number one in its conference. So. Our, our sports programs is, is stellar. They do a great job. But we want to look at those students who aren't in the sports, mm-hmm. uh, the, the arts out there, um, looking and talking with Georgia Ensemble Theater. Uh, my, my goal and hope would be to construct a building that uh, will be able to provide a liberal arts building from a black box theater. Um, so our, our programs are looking to expand the, the fine arts and also technology. So when, you know, that's, 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 that's a full rounded program. Uh, it's, uh, you know, for other people that are, are listening or maybe thinking about uh, moving in that direction, you know, as you did, uh, what do you, what would you advise? Can you give them any advice? What, what should they think about or look for? Well, if you're looking for as every parent does, their number one priority in life is their child. And uh, you, you can't put a cost on that. So you're going to do as a parent whatever it takes to help your child achieve his or her goals. And that's, that's exactly what we do there. For example, my, my tide and wherever I've been in schools, it might say, you know, Steve Palmer, but underneath it says dream maker. Uh, that, that is my goal is to help kids' dreams come true. So if you're looking for a school that will make a difference uh, in the child's life, not only academically, but uh, emotionally and socially, then the cottage school is the place. That's a great tagline. Thank you. I love that, dream maker. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and the school and get involved and find out more information or whatever questions they might have. And um, 
what they need to do and how it works. I think the best the best route would be go to the website to start off with, mm-hmm. uh, the cottage school, uh, dot org, and uh, you start from there. It has all the information. There's a, a visual tour that they can take about a minute. Takes them through the campus. Also, if they have opportunities uh, to to volunteer, uh, there's a section and the advancement that they can click on and kind of show them and give them some recommendations on how they can make a difference in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Great. Thank you. Thank Great you. information. Glad Appreciate to have you here. It. Yes. I didn't know about the school. I mean, it's amazing. You can be here in Atlanta for 15, 20, 30 years, and, and there's just new, new stuff pops up all the time. Well, I've been here nine months now, and I'm out and about on the road trying to spread the the greatness that happens at that school. Evangelizing. You got it. Get the word out. You well, hopefully this will get the word out and you'll get some more students over there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I know that a lot of people need help. Okay, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Okay, next up we'll be talking with Dr. Dion Poulton. And she is the head and founder and uh, cook and bottle washer over there at uh, <laughs> the Poulton Consulting Group. Dion, tell us about the Poulton Consulting Group, what you guys do and what your focus is. Okay, thanks for having me this morning. Absolutely. Uh, Poulton Consulting Group, we specialize in HR and leadership advisement support. Uh, we specialize in diversity and inclusion. We offer training, education, uh, conflict mediation, and um, just also support to employee training. Oh, wow. Yes. Where's your hometown? We've got this bright orange down. <laughs> Is there something behind that orange? Actually, or? no. I just I wanted to wear a bright oh, color okay. this morning. But okay. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. and Excellent. But I've spent most of my life pretty much in the U.S. Actually, most of my adult life in the U.S. Ah, Cloverleafs. Yes. Yeah, right, right. I detected a little accent. Yes. People comment all the time. So I'm, I I was born in Toronto. However, my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh-huh. So I have a mixture of the Canadian, a, a boot, and also the um, <laughs> the, the Caribbean <laughs> mix-up. <laughs> okay, Dion, tell us about how you got involved in the area of diversity and inclusion and I what actually, all that means. <laughs> I actually started off as a classroom teacher. Um, I actually began my career as a health and PE. I, my, my undergrad is in kinesiology and health sciences. And I uh, actually inherited my first year of teaching. I inherited a class of grade nine boys, uh, PE class, that, but they were also kind of doing health. There were four teachers. I was the fourth teacher to inherit the class because they were unruly. They were, they, were an, they, they were described as animals. And so when I took over that particular class, I came in the class and I said, you know what? You've had a difficult time, but I'm here now. We're going to start. We're going to start clean. It's a fresh it's a, it's a fresh plate, and I want you to come to class on time, pull up your pants, do your schoolwork, and then we're going to, we're going to have a good time. And they basically just uh, rose to the occasion, not because I lowered the standards, but because I gave them standards, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, when I started my career, the, uh, um, I was, I was um, um, designated the Rookie of the Year. The teacher, the third teacher whose, whose class I inherited from, uh, came to me and said, she goes, you know what? You only did well in that class because you were black and because you're pretty. And I said, oh. I said, well, how do you explain the fact that the white kids did well as well. The white, the, the, the Muslim kids, the Hispanic kids, the Asian kids, they all did well. I said, it must be really beautiful. <laughs> so, but it was, it was, a, it was an interesting moment uh, because uh, she actually had a disability. She walked with a limp all the time. And so I said to her, and it was actually it was a really good conversation. I said, you know, do you realize what you did there's that you prejudged me the way that you've been complaining that people are prejudging you, you prejudged me. And you basically just um, deduced my, 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 my teaching ability, the fact that I, I look good. And mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I'm supposedly I mean, because of my race, which are two very superficial things. So that prompted me to actually look into uh, researching teachers because I realized that some kids were doing well in my class versus in other classes. And this is back in 2000, 1999. 
And so that prompted me to do my master's degree uh, in San Francisco when I moved there. And, and then when I moved here to Georgia, I actually accepted a job teaching health and PE, but my heart was longing for this area of diversity, which I got my master's degree in adult education, specializing in that area. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to quit my job. So I quit my job. I taught at Spelman College for a few years. And then I went to University of Georgia and got my PhD in adult education. And I was able to actually use a workshop that I created for a job interview at Kennesaw State University that I had to turn down to go to Spelman. But I used that workshop as my as as um as my research base, and it was it, it actually I say that this this research or this area also it chose me. I didn't choose it, because what happened was I saw a call for proposals for a conference okay. shortly after I turned on the job at Kennesaw State, and I said, wait a second, I said that my teaching lesson could be a, a a workshop, so I submitted it, and it was accepted, and then I ended up having thirty people in attendance, and by the end of the workshop, I had twenty five people say, you know what, I want you to come to my school and facilitate this workshop. And that was wow. back in 2000, 2004. So that's when, my, that's when my business was started. Well, wow. You had a vision. <laughs> you got it going. You got the plan. And then the chain of events just kept falling in place Absolutely. For you, Absolutely. It? Wow. That's incredible. Excellent. That's excellent the way things develop, don't they? Tell us, let's dig into the services of sure. the Polton uh, Consulting Group. Tell us a little bit about in depth about the services that you offer. I'll start with the conflict mediation. Sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times businesses have issues. And especially we're in Gwinnett County, which is very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. There are always issues, not just racially, but also in terms of gender, um, disability, you mentioned as well. There's always issues that, that are at play in, in our conversations, mm-hmm. in, in our discussions, in, in, in the boardroom. And so I come in and actually help facilitate um, peace because mm-hmm. sometimes things happen. And I believe that things happen inadvertently most of the time. And so I, I deal with uh, just addressing um, just typical adult behavior. And what I've learned through my research is that bias is a very, very normal thing. And that actually prompted me to write my, to write my book. Um, it's called It's Not Always Racist, But Sometimes It Is. And in that, I argue that uh, much like we judge on the basis of, of, of um, beauty or height or weight or disability, we also judge on the basis of race. But it doesn't mean that people are automatically racist. So I, I make that distinction because I want to hopefully move the needle and, and, and try and get us to a place where we can all just be one. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. The dream. Yes. Uh, that's, that's true. Well, uh, that's, that's, that's great background. I mean, you're, you're, Thank covering, you. it. you're covering it. I appreciate I, that. I Thank mean, you. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Dion Poulton, Poulton Consulting Group and the HR uh, piece of it really is where your focus is. Isn't it? It, it is. That's one, that's one huge area that, um, that I help out with, but also in terms of HR departments and also leaders, uh, sometimes I work with businesses that don't even have an HR department. Mm. So I help them conceptualize their, their HR policies, get them off the ground in terms of strategy. How do you, how do you recruit people who yeah. don't look like you necessarily? Yeah. Yeah. And once they come in, after they've been onboarded, what, what do you do and how do you make an inclusive environment? That's why it's called diversity and inclusion, because mm. sometimes people just say, okay, I got you. You're in the building now and what's going to happen now, but you have to actually make it an inclusive environment where everybody feels welcome regardless of any difference. And so I work with uh, companies to work on that as well. And also a huge part I do is uh, the training aspect. So for mm-hmm. example, I was in San Francisco in January of this year and I did a facilitation with about almost 50 employees at a tech company and they specialize in, di- in digital marketing. And I did a presentation on unconscious bias in, in, in digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, uh, that's an area that I, I also focus on. But we focus on many, many different issues and I often just uh, customize. I customize uh, the workshops for different businesses oh, because excellent. everybody has different Everybody's issues. Different. Absolutely. 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 And HR has really changed, hasn't it? And you almost have to be a lawyer to, to be in HR these days. Uh, absolutely. Right? You, know, you got to watch what you say, mm-hmm. how you act, what you do. 
uh, and then everything to know about the company as well. Exactly. And, and set those standards. It's, it's, it's quite remarkable. I can see how your consulting group is, is very active and very successful because uh, there's a lot to go, a lot to do. Absolutely. A, a lot of services to offer. A lot of people just don't, you get to a certain size of company and then when, when do companies really need your kind of services? When do you find, because companies grow and they get to a point where they recognize they need certain things, you know, operations, process, SOP, standard operating procedures, mm-hmm. HR, yes. you know, what's a good kind of a... Well, ideally from the onset, that as soon as you develop a, a right. business, you should really, really think about those procedures. And, and to your wow. point about the, the lawsuits, uh, if you don't have a clear diversity mission in place and you don't, and you have like a, you've dictated and you've said this, this is acceptable behavior versus unacceptable behavior, you leave yourself open mm-hmm. for, for work for, 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 for um, lawsuits. You oh. become, you become pretty vulnerable. So, so ideally, at the onset, and and even if after you've you've you've, you've established the diversity policies, you have to also keep revisiting it because sometimes things change. Like mm-hmm. for example, I I did some work, and I'm not going to mention the company name, but the company has thousands of employees, and um, they've had ongoing issues. And even though they've had a diversity policy in place, people are not actually being held accountable. And so accountability is huge mm-hmm. in terms of businesses. So you have to have a very clear mission, and also have very clear consequences or or, or outcomes for, for particular undesirable behaviors that take place in the work in, in the workplace. Okay, Dion, tell us a little, you know, are certain industries more suitable to your, to your services or how do you work with certain businesses? Do you, is there a, a logical niche mm-hmm. for you? Not necessarily. I pretty much where there are people <laughs> fortunate for my business. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's across the board. I've worked with um, anywhere from shipping companies to uh, K through 12 schools, universities. Um, I, I mentioned that the, the, the digital company, tech company in, in San Francisco, it just, it just, anywhere we have people, you have issues. And it's, and, and it's not just about, it's diversity is not also just about all those issues like race, gender, da, da, da. It could just be, have differing opinions mm-hmm. that can kind of escalate and just go and go off the rails. And we all know if, if we're married in this room, we know that sometimes you just don't agree, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> even right. if you love somebody. So, so it's, it's a matter of just helping out and just helping to facilitate peace and environments. So I imagine that just as an ongoing growing uh, kind of a thing, great relationship, uh, people keep coming back to you for more and more, you know, they need have different needs and they just keep growing. And do you find yourself kind of having sticky relationships with your clients? Absolutely. And yeah. uh, that's the beautiful thing is I, uh, once I, I do facilitations, I do actually, cause I don't come in, it's, it, this is a, uh, this is it's my my business obviously but i have developed relationships mm-hmm. and 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 i don't see them as clients they're part of my family because i really i love what i'm doing yeah, yeah. and so and i love to be involved and i have a very open door uh, um, phone policy call me anytime you need any advice something that's 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 how i handle things because it's not gonna the things change yeah. and anything can happen anytime so i want to be accessible and available and so my clients know that they can come at any time well, I can see the passion, you and Steve. I mean, it's, uh, you know, people that love what they do, you can just, and you, and you don't even have to see them, you can hear it. You know, you can hear it in their voices. That's that's fantastic. What kind of clients, uh, uh, let's say, um, is there a certain point where you, how do, how do they engage with you? Do, they, do you go there and kind of assess the situation or do they call you with a problem and ask you to come in and help them solve it? Actually, it happens both ways. It so, does. so okay. sometimes I, I, a lot of my business thus far has been through referrals, and so um, even though I've been in Gwinnett County for 13 years, I just really, really started launching the business. Um, I would say four years ago. Actually, my, my mm-hmm. parents um, passed away um, within four years apart a few years ago. So I was kind of just taking care of them. So I just, but now I said, you know, I'm going to focus on my business now. Uh, but uh, it's twofold. So sometimes I get a lot of referrals, which is great. 
And sometimes also when, when people come in and they say, okay, I need, if they call me cold call and say, hey, I have this issue, I will give them a consultation and I'll say, okay, you know what? I think you might have to have a little needs assessment. So I'm, I, I have mm-hmm. a, a doctorate in, in, in adult education. So I've, I've done the research. So I actually go into different workplaces and I can actually put together uh, an anonymous survey, um, um, even do focus group discussions to kind of get information. And then once I get the information, then I can follow up and actually create the customized training. Mm-hmm. So to make sure that I'm addressing the issues that are actually <laughs> there. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you take the lead very well and, and direct. <laughs> I try. The, I next, try. the next step is no problem for you. Right. Right. That's great. Great. Dr. Dion Poulton, uh, she is the uh, head of the, con- the Poulton Consulting Group, Leadership Consulting, Diversion, Diversity and Inclusion. Yes. I can hardly say all that. Your wall must <laughs> it's a be, mouthful. Your wall must be full of plaques. Right? Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Education is the key, right? So, uh, uh, so describe a situation, you know, with a with a client where you've got, you know, like just to give people an example where you made a difference or when they came to you. Well, I'll, I'll mention what happened recently. Uh, I mean, you wrote a book. Yes, right? I, so. I, I, I've had I've had several. Yeah. So, for example, I, I will share. So there was an incident in a workplace, and mm-hmm. um, and it in which someone of of um, maybe I shouldn't share that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be careful. There's a there, I, I sign confidentiality oh, things as well, oh, so I have true. to be very careful. Oh, okay. and I don't that want anybody to maybe an unfair to, to identify. <laughs> I don't want to describe something and get into trouble. That's no problem. But I will no share. Problem. I will share that um, something that uh, that happened to me. I was in a. I was in a a. Uh, um, What's it called? A, a medical center. I was waiting for an appointment. Long story short, this gentleman came into where I was sitting in the waiting room and he walked in, he looked at me and I said, okay. And then he left and then he came back again. He goes, would you mind helping me fill this out? And I said, mm-hmm. okay, fill out the applica- the, the, um, the actual, you know, the, the, the health insurance stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, realized that his, that his hand, he had disability. His oh. hand, his head had been severed. He was, he worked as a cook mm-hmm. and something happened where the, the, they'd almost, it basically severed his hand off. They put this soda back on, but his, he couldn't use his hand. So he came back to me and he says, do you mind helping me? So I said, okay. And I said, well, so why, you know, why did you leave that office to come over here? And he said, he said, the, the lady and the, the, the secretary um, or the receptionist refused to help him fill it out. And so I said to him, I said, you know what? That is, uh, that's just, that's terrible. I said, first of all, you're working in healthcare. <laughs> and, and secondly, that, that's, that's, for me, that was discriminatory because here this man is, he has a disability that did not allow him to actually fill out the forms. And she actually sent him away and said, I couldn't do it for you. Or, or, or it just, uh, I saw yeah. it, it was, don't have time. yes. Yeah. And so those kind of things are, are, are I find that mm-hmm. they, 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 I see them quite a bit and I try to just help and educate as much as possible and yeah. say, you know what, this, these are your rights. And you might want to, so you might want to just follow up and tell somebody what happened because the guy, the poor guy was just, just distressed. Yeah. Really yeah. distressed. So. I think some people don't really think what they're the impact of what they're saying and that's is, where my right? training comes in because yeah. i don't think the lady realized what she was doing okay so yeah. so uh, let's let's uh help promote your book okay Thank anybody you. that writes a book it's not always racist but sometimes it is what's that about so for my my phd research i looked at the unconscious biases of teachers in the classroom mm-hmm. and as a result of that research as i said earlier that i realized that we all have biases i had a very diverse uh sample of teachers they were um, black, white, Indian, um, of all different ages, yeah. backgrounds, and and uh, I use my workshop, as I said, as as my research area, and that actually helps people tap into their unconscious biases without even realizing what they do. It was an innovative workshop that I created, and I'm very proud of it. So as a result of that, those finding those results, I said, you know what, this information needs to be 
open to the public because academia is always it's kind of like has its own little area where nobody actually accesses. And I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to try and write this book. So I had actually adapted my research, uh, uh, my dissertation into an everyday kind of pickup book where you people can pick it up. And I actually have um, I, I d- defined everything, what race is, racism and so on. And I also at the back of the book also provide scenarios that common scenarios that we've all experienced and seen in, in, in the media. And I've actually just broken down each incident and said, okay, is this was this actually racism? Was it actually, or was it just racial bias? And I think uh, by providing that as a tool for our community, that will enable us to actually, again, move the needle and, and say, you know what, not everything has to be this huge racist racist um, um, incident or racism, so. Okay, great. Yes. Wow, Dr. Dion Poulton. That's good information. Tell our listeners how they can find out about it, uh, how where they can get your book, and uh, engage you in their and helping them with their, you know, with their situation with uh, HR and and uh, some of the issues you do. Okay, thank you. So that my my uh, website is Poulton Consulting Group. P-O-U-L-T-O-N, consultinggroupaltogether.com. And all my information is there, including access to my book. My phone number is 404-323-3842. And when you call that number, you'll get me directly. And I'm always open to um, hearing any any um, issues that you may have uh, free, at co- free, at, free of charge and just to um, help you start to make your environments better in the workplace. Thank you so much, Dr. Poulton. Thank you. Yeah, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Okay, last but not least, we've got Jeff Plank. He is uh, the Director of Consulting Services over at uh, HLB Gross Collins PC, Professional Corporation. Corporation. Okay, Jeff, you're up. Tell us about your company and what you guys are doing globally, too. Sure. We are a full-service certified public accounting firm and, and consulting firm. We have about 70 offices. We're headquartered in Atlanta, but we do have through our international. So HOB is, stands for our HOB International Association. So probably about 13 years ago, we joined this association. There's about 600 accounting firms all over the world in about 130 different countries. And so our, all of our clients are primarily in the US, but we do have a global practice as well. So we're able to help clients that are overseas that are looking to come to the US. And also we have a lot of clients that have international operations. And so we have that expertise through our HOB International Association to provide that industry expertise in different countries. Yeah, yeah. And so it's more than accounting, it's uh, business evaluation, uh, a lot of, uh, Professional services, it sounds like. Is that where you uh, where you lean towards? Or, sure. Because it's hard to get accountants in the studio this time of the year. Well, I, I like to say I have the funnest, the most fun job <laughs> at the firm. So um, I, and, and, and maybe it'd be helpful if I just told you a little bit about my background. Absolutely. Because I don't have a typical background of somebody working for an accounting firm. I graduated from the United States Military Academy um, at West Point, um, mechanical engineering undergraduate degree. I was in the military six years. Got my MBA from the University of Chicago. Then I worked in a number of companies. Started off working from larger companies, then to smaller companies, and um, consulting positions as well as um, senior financial positions. And and really, it was just kind of good timing. I met Steve Gross in 2004, who was one of the founders of the company, and I was looking to make a change for what I was doing. And and um, it was just. It was just kind of meant to be. And so I've, I've been working at the firm for about 11 years. 
Um, to your point, yes, we are a certified public accounting firm. And when you start talking about talking to people about accounting, their eyes usually start glazing over and they start thinking about debits and credits and tax. And certainly we do all of that work. <clears throat> we are full service. So we do tax work, individual um, tax work, as well as corporate work. Mm-hmm. We do um, audit work, um, attest work, reviews, compilations, financial statement audits. But we're really tr- trying to be that trusted advisor to um, to our clients. And so really, we're trying to help them grow and become more profitable. And I think that's that's where I come in as director of consulting services, just more specifically about my services. So I'm a certified valuation analyst. So I do business valuations for a number of different reasons. If you're look, if you're a business owner and you're looking to gift some of your um, business to somebody, you, you need a business valuation. If you're looking to sell your business, you may need a business valuation. Um, lots of times it's good just to have a business valuation to know is, is the value of my business increasing mm-hmm. over time? So mm-hmm. somebody may say, I'm not really looking to sell my business until four or five years. Why don't we do an initial benchmark valuation so we can kind of see where we are and kind of see how our business increases over time. We also do litigation support. So unfortunately, sometimes we do have uh, business owners or we get referred into situations where there may be shareholder disputes. And so we do uh, expert testimony work, um, litigation support work, and business consulting work. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of service. And you're on the inside. So with people that are doing accounting services for you, a logical um, progression or, or segue into the, the, the consulting services that, you, that you're offering as well, I'm sure. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and it's a global so- company, right? So, Well, each office is independent, oh. but... but we are part of HOB International, so there are 600 independent offices all over the world, but we get to know other client, other um, offices because we go to HOB International tax conferences, we go to audit conferences, so we get a chance to interact with other HOB International accounting firms all over the world. Oh, okay. And so, uh, just as an example, so let's say we have a client headquartered here in Atlanta, and they have manufacturing facilities down in Honduras. We're not going to travel down to Honduras to do the inventory observations, but we'll get with our HOB international firm that's down in Tegucigalpa to look at the inventory observation. And so we're able to provide services for international um, companies that are headquartered in the U.S. but have international operations. And then as well, I, I mentioned we get referrals from or other firms outside the U.S. that have clients that are looking to expand into the U.S. so we could help them with their U.S. Um, expansion plans. Are there other unique aspects to uh, HOB Gross Collins? Well, I mentioned, so we, we are not a huge firm. We have about 70 professionals. Okay. And so I think what makes us unique for other firms our size is the international practice. And to support that international practice, we do have a lot of bilingual skills and, and language skills at the, at the uh, firm. So we have people that speak French, German, Spanish, Mandarin, Nepalese, Hindi, Arabic, Bulgarian, Serbi- uh, Serbian. So I think that's kind of unique. Um, the other thing I think that's unique, there's really no other accounting firm in Atlanta that does this. I mentioned that we're really kind of looking to be more than just an accounting firm to our clients and really help them become more successful in their business. So last year, we started a service offering that we think helps to that end. 
And the way the service offering works is there's four quarterly workshops throughout the year that I facilitate. So we have a business leader group Mm -hmm. and we get anywhere from 10 to 15 that attend these quarterly workshops. And during these quarterly workshops, there's opportunities for business leaders to learn from each other because a lot of business owners have some of the same problems. So it's a peer-to-peer sharing, peer-to-peer networking, learning from each other. But it is a regular program that I'm facilitating. So we're talking about strategy and profitability and Mm -hmm. issues with growth and, and benchmarking. So in addition, so the service offering includes this business leader group that meets quarterly, but then they also have access to this online portal that they have access to 24-7. And through this online portal, they have access to online courses and leadership and change management and organizational effectiveness. They have access to online tools, uh, strategic SWOT, um, product portfolio matrix. I mean, there's over 150 different types of tools. So if they have an issue, say, for pricing, they can go into this toolbox and pull up this tool for pricing that could help guide them. So their strategy framework sort of tools. Also, they have access to over 500 business leaders all over the world so they could interact through this portal with other business leaders all over the world. Oh, so that's something that we're really excited about. Yeah, and yeah. there's really no other accounting firm in Atlanta that has that sort of service offering. Yeah. People want to know what other people are doing. I mean, you know, collaboration is really important to any business. That's why business leaders, business owners go to these conferences and learn from other 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 companies as well. I can see how that would really be a, a positive move. That's, that's, that's good stuff. Is this something that uh, is, is going to service any company of any size? Jeff, is it, uh, is it focused more on a certain size company or is it just an individual thing, you know, that people can sign up for, you know? Well, the service offering that I was talking about, basically helping companies become more strategic and more focused on their business, that's really for any size business, as long as they have employees. And so if okay. it's just a one person shop, they may not get as much out of it. As you grow and you add employees, you add complexity. complexity yeah. So maybe, you know, I've never really thought about a hard number, but maybe if they have 10 to 15 employees as a minimum would be a good start for that. But just um, if I can mention about our industry services as a whole, we do have some very deep um, industry specializations as well, okay. such as construction, manufacturing, distribution, healthcare, financial products. I mentioned the international um, services that we provide as well as service and technology. So those are, we have very deep industry specializations, but we we do get um, other clients that fall outside of that. Uh, Probably my most unique client I have is um, a client who basically uh, euphemistically referred to as marine salvage, but basically they're treasure hunters. <laughs> I've seen it. But them. it's it's kind of a it's the gold a, doubloons. Right? It's an it's an That's interesting business model because yeah. all you need is one big find and yeah. it's going to be very successful. Yeah, who funds those things? Just uh, individuals? Yeah, mostly? this particular client that I have in mind, um, he has international uh-huh. investors all over the the world. Yeah. It's got to be the intrigue that, that makes people want to do that. that Definitely. That's, 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 that's really exciting. What other exciting things are coming up uh, at your office and, and your company? Do you guys do uh, trade shows and things like that? Or we, we do it... trade shows. I, I mentioned the different industry specializations. So kind of the way we're organized as a firm is we have industry leaders that mm-hmm. are responsible for growing that 
industry, and they it's basically left up to them how they do that. So kind of subject matter experts. And, yeah, and those. but they do that through um, um, trade shows and by speaking engagements. Okay. And also you have uh, the service line, kind of the horizontal leaders. So for instance, I'm director of consulting services. You have director of audit services. You have director of tax services. But there's, there's yeah, there's always interesting things happening. Of course, this time of year, as you mentioned, uh, the tax deadline's coming up April 18th. Your, our tax people were just thrilled to have that extra weekend to uh, to work. And um, we, we try to do a lot of fun things as, as a firm. It's a very, can be a very high stress environment. A lot of our staff this time of year, I mean, they're working, they're 50, 60 hours that they're billing. And so they might be working 70 hours. And so we try to keep it fun and have a lot of social activities. I'm looking forward to our big uh, um end of the year. I say end of the year because officially our year end is April 30th being an account, uh, t- yeah, a tax deadline, firm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we have our big uh, blowout in the end of the year party that's coming up uh, next Monday on mm-hmm. the on the 18th. And there's always, um, uh, since we're part of HOB International, there's always some cool conferences coming up overseas. Um, you know, people at our firm have gone to Istanbul and to China and mm-hmm. traveled all over the world as part of HLB International and different different conferences. Well, that can be very exciting for a lot of people and attract a, a, a different category of, of uh, employee as well. Uh, what would you say uh, attracts your, your you know, people to your firm uh, mostly? At this, I, I this think stage? the fact that they are. Well, first of all, I think it's a, it's a it's a fun place to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been here at the firm over eleven years, and you just don't stay that long at a firm if the people are not fun to work with, and if the job is not challenging. And and just as a little bit of a segue, you know, when you ask somebody about their job satisfaction. For the most part, the number one thing is not necessarily salary. It's really the people that you work with and how stimulating the job is. So we think that we provide a really stimulating environment for our people, and we have a lot of fun doing it, work hard, play hard. And for our first-year staff, and not every firm does this, but they're given the opportunity initially to work in both the audit and the tax side. Because if you're a first-year staff, you're you know maybe 24, 25 years old, it's hard to know at that point really what you want to specialize in. So they get a chance to work in a couple of different areas. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another thing that draws people to, uh, to the firm. It seems like you've got enough going on in the company that um, you've got almost something for everyone. I mean, it really does sound that way. Well, I love, I love what I I love what I do, and from you know the other business um, owners here as well. You know they're passionate about about what they do as well, and I um I could honestly say I really look forward to coming into work. I I enjoy helping people, and I'm I'm able to do that through my job, and I really like the opportunity of working with different size clients. Mm-hmm. We have, we have, we, we work with startup clients. Our largest client has five, 600 million in revenue. So that's a pretty big that's, range. Yeah, yeah. So I get a chance to work with different sizes of clients that are a different life cycle of the business, plus different industries, which is really interesting. And I, I'm, I'm learning all the time. I mean, oh, you would think, true. you know, I've been here 10, 11 years. I, I would know everything. Well, as a as a professional, I think you always have to learn. So I'm a certified valuation analyst. Mm-hmm. I do business valuations, I mentioned. And there's a lot that's changing in that industry that you have to keep up with. Also would want to mention that I'm a SEPA, certified exit planning advisor. 
And I think that's going to be a growth area for the firm. Um, so we help businesses exit. If you if you're a business owner and you don't know what's the, what's the best way to exit from the business, maybe mm-hmm. it's a maybe people think well it's easy to exit you just sell the business and maybe that's not the oh. best thing to do. Oh, that's true. And there's a lot to do with uh, especially depending on the the level of wealth as to how that's all. It can get pretty complex, and so those professional services can be of great value to business owners for sure. sure. They're, they're, they're wrapped up in their company and they. And so do people over tend to overthink the, 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 the value of their company or do they underestimate it as a rule? Is that a fair question? Well, it's no, it's a fair question. And it's interesting that you say that because what we see is the biggest reason that deals don't go through is unrealistic expectations between the buyer and the seller. And the seller in general always tends to over inflate what they think the the business valuation is. And that's where kind of I come in and I like to, we like to actually get involved one year out for, yeah. for a number of reasons. So if you if we get involved in time, there's a lot of business consulting that we could work with with the client over the next year to increase the value of their business. And so when we go into an engagement, we look at what the value drivers are of the business. Then we look, we put together a plan to increase the value. Mm-hmm. Plus as a, as a, certified valuation analyst, I mean, I I can go in and do an analysis and tell them what, what their business is worth. But you are, you're exactly right. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, the emotion is, is something you deal with all the time, right? It's their baby. They hate to see their baby go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They want to see themselves go, but they don't. Exactly. And, and, and th- isn't it funny how the, the, the market has changed in that realm? Because uh, it's hard for business leaders to just cash out. And, 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 and buy an island and, you know, think that they're just going to get the pot of gold and leave. A lot of companies uh, they, they just can't do that. Well, we know? also spend some time talking to them about what are they going to do. And a lot of business owners don't think about this. What are you going to do once you exit your, yeah. because you could only play so much golf and do so much travel. And usually, you know, business owners, they're highly motivated self-starters yeah. and they get um, bored after, Plain go- <laughs> so you help them think through that. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, well, listen, that, that's great information. Jeff Plank, uh, Director of Consulting Services over at HLB Gross Collins uh, here at, uh, over in the Cumberland area? Is that where the office Yes. Okay. I'm very close to right 75, north, 285. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you guys have a mission statement? Uh, what is, how does it, let's... Uh, we something, do. Okay. We is do. That, is um, that something new or is that a, an ongoing has always been? A- well, it, well, I'll just, just to segue a little bit, you know, as we're working with business owners, yeah. that's one of the things that we help them do is to get more focused. You know, yeah. you hear about mission and vision and values. I went to, you know, my colleagues and said, well, we better make sure we have a, a mission statement as well if we're kind of, you know, making sure that our clients do. But our, our mission s- statement is very simple. It's to enhance the financial success of our clients and ensure the professional growth of our people. So, you know, we pride ourselves on providing very personalized, hands-on. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's why, that's why we have clients that we've had for 30 years. And that's why clients refer other clients to us is because we have deep industry and technical knowledge of really much, much larger firms, but we're small enough that we can provide that personalized care to our clients. Mm-hmm. And so our clients always come first and we want our clients to be successful. But at the same time, we want to provide an environment that's fun for 
the people that work at Gross Collins. And mm-hmm. so we look at, you know, we take very seriously the professional growth of our associates as well. Yeah, I can see that's a great mission statement. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting how, you know, a lot of thought usually goes into a mission statement. People don't think about it and it shouldn't be treated lightly. It sets the tone for the, I think, the business model from the top down, especially. And um, and it usually is uh, kind of right on the money about uh, who you're dealing with. You know, it says a lot. So, uh, Jeff, uh, that's great information. Tell our listeners how they can reach out to you or uh, to the company and get more information about your consulting services and your accounting services and everything else that you mentioned today at uh, HLB Gross Collins. Sure. Our website is uh, HLB Gross Collins, G-R-O-S-S-C-O-L-L-I-N-S.com. And there is a main number they could, um, from our website, they could browse our services and certainly, um, you know, ask for me as well if they have any questions on any of our um, services that we offer. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services. We want to certainly thank our guests today for um, enlightening us as to what they do and what their companies are from the Cottage School over in uh, Roswell. Steve Palmer, and from Polton Consulting Group, Dr. Dion Polton, and lastly, from uh, HLB Gross Collins, Jeff Plank. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate everyone for listening to our show. And I'm Dominic Graney on behalf of CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT infrastructure, end-user support, and cloud and hosting hosted services. As a reminder, to listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. Until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud.